I God, I swore I wasn't going to do this to you. I'm going to say one more no, thing, and then I'm going to continue. Why are you apologizing? <laughs> I love it. Do it. I thought when when you finally are in the water and you lose your arm to the loose seal, I thought yep. he knew <laughs> the whole time. And there was also oh, there was something oh. When my hand was bitten off, you know, by yeah. that, at that moment, yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen. And I, um, I remember there was like, Buster had like a hand chair and yes. then he had, before right. it was taken off and then he had like all these signals. And right. I remember walking in the room being right. like, oh, with a crane. Yeah, the crane. Yeah. I forgot about the crane. And I, um, and I remember walking in my room being like, oh, that's funny. Buster has a hand chair. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Not even knowing that hand's coming off in about four episodes. Well, there's a chance you don't know what's going on right now, but you should know that that was a very excited, giggly version of me talking to one of my favorite people, Tony Hale. Tony is so well known for playing Buster on Arrested Development, which is what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, and for playing Gary Walsh on Veep, both hilarious roles, but also really thoughtful roles like he brings a lot to his comedy which is why I have always enjoyed him but what has put him over the top for me is that my my first introduction to him was as the Tony Hale that we all see Buster right but then one day I'm watching the Emmys and I see him wearing an IJM pin and it turns out he is an advocate for IJM and he cares a lot about ending slavery in the world as you know IJM presents the new activist and so it has been just so fun to meet someone and talk to someone who cares deeply about this work but has also made me laugh so many times here's something to note about this interview tony is very open about his faith and the fact that he is a christian but i was not prepared even in this interview for the depth with which he considers his role in the world and what it means to be a believer and so Unlike some of our shows where it's more of an interview, this is a conversation. And I'll tell you, there's even a point in the show where Tony just asks me a question and I answer it and I left it in because I think it's a good conversation for us all to hear, but also I think it just speaks to him and the fact that he is learning and growing and inquisitive. I I liked talking to him and I like his characters and the way he makes me laugh even more now knowing what a good and kind person he is. So. Here is my conversation that has nothing to do with Arrested Development or Veep with Tony Hale. I'm going to make sweeping generalizations and you can correct them. But oh, I love generalizations. As an actor, uh, I think yeah. that there are, or it appears I don't see a lot of people who are super outspoken about really any measure of faith. It seems to be just, it just kind of, mm. it seems quiet. Um, and it's interesting the way you approach that because it doesn't appear as though you're proselytizing. You just have an ease with which you speak of the importance of being a Christian. How intentional is that? Mm -hmm. Or what is that? How have you navigated that in your life? Um, I, uh, I think, I think I learned a big, I'm I'm learning a big lesson and I've learned a big lesson kind of living my life. And one is for many, many years, I was, I was very apologetic about my faith because of maybe some people that had the microphone that I wish didn't have the microphone that were kind of, you know, in the, in the safe community. And so I found myself like anytime 
I talk about my faith, I'd kind of couple it with like, but I drink or I cuss, <laughs> you know, I, you know, just trying to kind of like, don't put me in that box. And then, and then it kind of transitioned to this place where I'm just kind of ownership because it's everything about me. It's the most important thing in my life. Um, it gives me, I wake up in the morning knowing that God is with me and he's for me. And it's, it is, it defines me. It's everything for me. So it became more of like an ownership thing where I was more, rather than being on the defensive, it was just like, this is just who I am. And there was a real freedom to that, you know, where it's like, then it's interesting because when you're not on the defensive, people, people don't maybe attack you as much or make fun of you or, or like critical. It's more of, I think there's more of just like, there's more of a conversation happening of just like two people who are talking about, you know, themselves rather than like, I've got an agenda and I'm going to try and control you with however I want you to think about my faith or me. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was, it's, it's not, it's, it has taken time, but it's like, there's people believe so many different things, at least in Los Angeles and kind of the world I've been in that, I don't know, it's just like, this is what I believe. And I've, I've, a couple of my friends are Scientologists and we've gone to coffee and asked questions about each other's, you know, practice and talked about ourselves. And there was, we didn't leave convincing the other person to change or whatever, but it was just a conversation, hmm. you know? And so it's, I, all, all I can, all I guess what I'm trying to say is it's actually very beneficial. It's more freeing to me just to own it rather than being on the defense about it, you know, cause that's exhausting. So then how do you, how do you make sense of like, go and make disciples? Like, how do you feel like that is, because that can take on a lot of different forms, but how do you feel like that's manifest in your own understanding of who God is? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I was raised in a very, not raised, but I was not necessarily in my childhood, but in my college experience, it was an incredibly uh, fundamental environment. And there was a real definition of what that was. Yeah. Kind of this kind of, this kind of model of what that looked like. And I just just think the picture of it, again, I'm not, I wish, sometimes I wish Tim Keller could just morph into my body because I think he's so much more well-spoken about this kind of stuff. But Hmm. I think it's like, I think there's power in, not to simplify it, but things happening outside of the definition of what I think it looks like them happening. Like um, for me to show up somewhere and love God, love others, and try to be the person that God has made me to be, I don't know what he's going to do with that, Hmm. you know? And I don't know how it's going to look. Maybe people will be moved by that and whatever. And maybe, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what his world of making disciples looks like, you know, but I would hope that the more that I can love God and love others and be who he's made me to be, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a part in that, but Hmm. I don't know how that's going to look. Yeah. It's almost like, and I don't want to, put too much of a Christianese on it, but it's almost like it seems like you're more concerning yourself with bearing fruit and then just trusting that people will either see that or not see that or however God's God will handle the people around you. It's really your job to be kind of that long obedience in the same direction. Yeah, and there's, there's also power in, I guess, the older I get of kind of when I was younger in kind of that legalistic world, it was like, yeah. okay, if I can, if these people become Christians, then it kind of, then I'm doing it right. Yeah, that's right. Where in actuality, 
there's there's so much uncertainty and there's a lot of power and there's a lot of questions I have about faith. There's a lot of questions I have about life, a lot, that are not necessarily going to be answered. Some of them will be, some of them won't. And just kind of living in that uncertainty, living in that question, and then surrendering to that, there's that's scary. Hmm. But it's also like, um, and I, I think people are kind of, uh, it's, it's hard for people to kind of step into that because there's not going to be a formula of how it looks what what that model looks like making disciples or how whatever god does you know it's it's much more of like it's just much more uncertain but i think living i I know now i'm babbling but it's like living that question living living kind of in that uncertainty and going i'm just going to trust which is actually the scariest thing ever to really surrender Hmm. and surrender over to this kind of i don't know i mean i love i mean i I know what God, I know how I see God in my life, but I'm just going to surrender over to him, not really knowing how that's going to look like, not putting a model on it and just going, all right, let's go. But there's a lot of freedom in that too. Anyways, now I'm battling. No, you're not not at all. Because how do you, what's the path look like from, not that moving towards like a real understanding of God's sovereignty and releasing control of the world back to him and off yourself is an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you move from a fairly legalistic transactional view of faith? Like, like you said, mm-hmm. I, I have to uh, a great way of putting it. Con- yeah. convert these many people. And then like, God will be just a little more happy with me. And then it's all to, to the place you're at now where there is a real deep trusting of God, which can almost, almost be scarier. Like how does that, how did that motion happen in your life? That's a hard one to answer because I don't know. I think it's yeah. um, through a lot of, honestly, if, if I'm being honest, through pain. <laughs> yeah. Because I realized I had pain in my life and things that I were dealing with that the formula didn't fix. Oh. And, and all I could do was uh, surrender and be honest and, and, and walk in just trusting and, and through time and let him heal and um, trust that he'll heal. And he, you know, that, that was not a, that was not a, 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 a step process. You know, it was not a 10 step guide. Um, it was just, it was very scary, you know, and, and, and I was very much in a system that was, you do this, this, and this, you read this book, you do this, 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 and this will happen. I just, that's just not, that was not my story, you know, because I was still left with a lot of pain and a lot of deep rooted things that needed to be worked out. And it just took honesty and therapy and surrender and, you know, just walking through it. And that's the thing, like, I mean, you've heard this before, but God, God doesn't mean we walk, we have a lot of pain and God's promises will be with us in the pain. He's not going to take us out of the pain sometimes, you know? And so that's, that was, it was a big lesson for me. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, I don't think anyone's immune from it, right? Like we don't even need to hear the details of your pain to know that this is right. Isn't this the human condition? Isn't this why we act and sing songs? And this is, this is where it's all born out of like this side of heaven. Things are not as they should be. No. And I'm also, and I'm also a different person because of it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Not that any, not that I would promise, you know, awful things on anybody, but like I, because of the stuff I've walked through in my life, that's who I am. That's you. That's that's how I become who I am. And without it, I wouldn't have become that person. You know, I wouldn't. 
I would, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near where I should be, but there's an empathy I have for certain things now because of stuff that I walk through. Hmm. And as an actor, it's like that empathy. I mean, sometimes acting is an is an is act is an act of empathy. You know, you have to feel for the characters you play and the stories and all that kind of stuff. So you've been a really outspoken advocate for IJM. Uh, international justice mission. Yeah. Yes. Now, I, I need to tell you behind the scenes what this is like because we're, of course, at all we're all home watching the Emmys, and someone texts me and they're like, um, "Does he have an IJM pin on his lapel?" And you had good seats at the Emmys. You were like right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, was. you yeah. have the like square pen that's a uh, pen that yes. says free on it. And all of a sudden, all of us at IJM are texting back and forth, you know, just a lot of capital letters going, yes, look at this. <laughs> and we knew that you cared deeply about IJM, but I'm curious, like, how'd you hear about IJM? Yeah, I, a friend of mine, God, many, many years ago, invited me to a benefit. And, you know, there's a lot of different um, awesome nonprofit organizations that we hear about in Hollywood and in the entertainment business and you kind of get invited to these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so, and I went to this one and I just, I mean, the only way I can describe it is I, I just couldn't shake it. Mm. It was, um, I have a, you know, I have an 11 year old daughter yeah. and, you know, hearing, hearing stories of these children, you know, who half my daughter's age being sold into, you know, sex slavery mm. is like, Oh, like, I just, mm. <laughs> like, mm. you can't, I, I can't just wipe that out of my head. Mm. You know, it was, it was too, and it's just so dark. It's so dark. And, and I also walked away going, goodness, I'm an actor in Hollywood. Like, what can, <laughs> these people are going on the field and like, they're in it. You know, what can I do? And then I just, the more I went and got to know these people and, or you guys, and just to be able to have the opportunity to speak up about it, mm. you know, because it's, it's definitely not a topic that you, you know, it's party conversation, you know? So <laughs> right. it's like, and, 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 and I'm not, in, <laughs> I'm not encouraging anybody at the next party to be like, Hey, you know what's going on in India? Yeah. But it, <laughs> but I think it's, it's to have the opportunity to at least bring that to the table and say, guys, this is going on. And it's not only going on overseas, it's going on, a lot in our country um and because i mean i was woken up i didn't know i didn't know that was happening you know i didn't i, I didn't i mean i james specifically i didn't know they saved something like what four thousand people from slavery last year yeah it's crazy you know it's like i didn't know i didn't know that going on and so it was i just i think the kind of the power of speaking up about it was exciting to me I could not agree with Tony Hale more. And, and I mean, it's just too perfect a segue because the power of speaking up really does matter. And I'm actually pausing for a moment in the interview to give you a chance and me a chance and people who you share this with on Facebook a chance to speak up as well, to speak up for people who do not have a voice and for people who are in slavery. I actually have to correct Tony's number. Last year, IJM, 5,880 victims of violence and oppression were rescued from IJM and IJM-trained partners. 
And that's just one of the many numbers that shows that the work that we get to be a part of and the work that Tony Hale cares about matters. So here's what I am asking you to do. If you would take a few seconds, literally it's a few seconds of your life and go to newactivist.is forward slash IJM, newactivist is IJM. Go to that link, fill out the form. The form will send a letter to your elected officials and it will very simply ask your elected officials to also care about putting an end to slavery. There's actually a piece of legislation that it will help them and ask them to fully fund, but the, the legislation is about just that. It is about using our resources and our lives and leveraging them for the sake of other people and for ending slavery. So, newactivist.is forward slash IJM. And let me know if you signed it. Here is the second half of the conversation with Tony. And actually, this is the part where Tony begins to interview me. So, here is Tony Hale. Well, let me, let me ask you this, though. This is another part of my my kind of journey with it all is it's almost as though, and even though I said before about not knowing if I could be productive, I remember going to Romania years ago and working in an orphanage yes. and going there and working with the children was so, I loved it. Yes. And actually that, it was so whatever, but it, it was coming back to the States that was the hardest part for me. And it was, it was adjusting to, yes. to that contrast of what we have and what they don't. And I'm not saying that because many times they have a lot more joy than we have, mm-hmm. but it was just seeing that depravity and then coming back here where there's a real kind of a detachment to what's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah. And it was, that was a really challenging transition. And I'm curious how you deal with that. Well, you know, I'm going to give you the, the real answer that's inside my heart and it doesn't seem satisfying, but you, you do go to a place and you see the work and it is a deep sense of depravity and there is poverty that even most of us listening to a podcast can't possibly fathom. But, right. but the switch is, and I think that this comes from being a person who believes in the sovereignty of God in and through all things, is that there is a real beautiful sense when you're there that you're like, oh, God was already here and God is back in the States. And, and there was a real... Mm-hmm. Um, there was a real, uh, Gary Huggin preaches a sermon sometimes, and he talks about tearing down the walls between us and them. And it was interesting coming back to the States because, um, yes, there was like a little bit of cultural jolting that happened, but I, I felt like people in India weren't on the other side of the world. I I felt like I Mm. really hadn't left. And I think that there was just a deeper for me, it was a deeply spiritual moment where I had a real deeper understanding of God loving his children. And sometimes that looks and feels like people that are different from me. It, it wasn't, um, and I felt like I came back in a way really motivated, like like doubly motivated because it was like, okay, well, I am here in this place. I can make a podcast. I can talk. I can give money. I can like, here are the things I can do. And then it just became like, I'm going from doing a pretty big bet on this to all chips on the table because I can never get the face of that girl out of my head that I just met. But it is still really hard. Here's my thing though. Here's my thing though. I completely hear you. And Mm -hmm. I having that moment is amazing. My concern, one of my concerns is 
that I would come back here and just judge this society even more than I already do. Yeah. But then I'll... And it's like, I, you know, and again, I, and I, I'm not, this is speaking out of complete ignorance because I have not had the experience you've had. Yeah. But it's like, I already walk around going, oh, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless yes. sometimes. And then having that experience, you just kind of go, I, I, I would worry that I would come back and it would just be on steroids, that judgment. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. And I would say to that, like, maybe that's good because it's, you'll also come back like exponentially ready to change the world. And so it's sort of like you'll live in that dichotomy, sure. but it's, yeah, I, there is nothing that will resolve that for you other than to understand, like, yeah. I, I don't think that I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have even more perspective on the world that we live in and the craziness mm-hmm. of our, of our country and our jobs and everything. And also have the perspective of people around the world that don't live in that. It's, um, it totally. is, it is totally. deeply disorienting, but then the re yes. the reorient- be. but yes, but then the reorientation is almost, um, it's almost, I mean, it's like the transition you were talking about from legalism to, uh, to yeah. kind of where you're at now, like counseling is awful. It is the worst thing. And you just leave destroyed and you just cried for an hour and you just can't breathe. But there's a point on the other side of it where it's like, oh, I'm a somewhat differentiated adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And also, in all honesty, I think there's a, it does go back to trust. You know, I can, I think any of us who, who have this kind of experience, they can trust that when you do orient here or you're orienting over there, God is, God is with you. and He's right. going to be with you, walk through you with this transition. And, and it is, do we trust the sovereignty of God to be with us even when we don't know how this is going to work out? Because it will... It, right. is, it is it, like, what if you did look? And I'm not just saying that to you, like to any of us, like what if yeah. we stared in the face of that, which made us the most afraid? Like it may be totally. awful. It may be awful, but maybe there's something, maybe there's something there Absolutely. For, for us to see on the other side of that. I, I also love that before I was talking about, you know, you can't control all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's uncertainty. And I, the truth is it's the one thing I struggle with the most. Yeah. I'm like, control not handling uncertainty well right. it's like yeah those are like the hardest things in the world right this is your blessing and your curse right this is yes exactly yeah in in terms of your activism obviously you care about ijm and we are both excited by that and grateful that we get to walk with you in that but i when it when it was your sort of first taste of activism in your life um i i think there's two two parts to that answer for me where I'm at right now. Mm. I think one, I do think that trip to Romania woke my eyes up to a world and things that were going on that I had no, I had no experience with. And that was very, very eye opening. Um, and so that definitely sparked a, Oh gosh, there's a lot, there's a lot going on around the world that we can easily detach from. Mm. Um, but I think the second part is, especially being um, in the entertainment business, where I mean, talk about you know things that sometimes can seem very meaningless and shallow, and you know it's 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 entertainment, you know. Yeah. But I think looking at the definition of making a difference in the world, um, I think because of kind of maybe a legalistic 
system I was in, the definition of making a difference in the world was doing all these massive things and, and going overseas and and changing lives and da 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 da. When if I and I'm not to say I not to say I don't want to go overseas and do those things, but in my business, if I can see somebody and be an authentic ear to somebody, um, hug somebody, be encouraging, let my yes be yes and my no be no, which is very sometimes unique in this town because words sometimes mean nothing. <laughs> um, try to be loving. If I can have an ounce of that, then I think in the world I'm in, I think that is hopefully making a difference. You have a, a, a huge platform. Um, having been on these shows and uh, just in your place in the the cultural zeitgeist, and you use your platform and you wield it hilariously and thoughtfully, and you just you clearly, whether it's intentional or just an overflow of who you are, um, you you use this platform well. And I think that sometimes people will maybe see you and go, okay, when I get famous, I'm going to da da da. And it's sort of like this like a uh, weird lottery fantasy, right? Like if I get to this yeah. point, then I will begin to leverage my life in this way. But, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, like, but I have a sense from hearing you in interviews before that like you would say you would respond to that and you would have a different yeah. view on. So I'm curious if I can just tee you up that directly no, I love it. to answer it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think I love that question. And I would, I would say, um, and I can only speak from my experience. I, I had the same thinking. I had the same thinking of, Oh, what's going to happen when people know me and I can make a dip, whatever, however that looked. Right. And and if this is not answering your question, then we can go back to it. But it's the sense that I think a lot of people, the whole fame concept, I think people put a lot of weight to it and give and give it give fame having a lot of answers mm -hmm. to your life. Mm -hmm. Of like, when this happens, this is going to happen. When this happens, this is going to happen. Like, giving that fame a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, <laughs> I look back at my experience with kind of celebrity or fame, which is, you know, not near what other people experience. But I think the base of, Fame and is is being known, mm. and um, in all honesty, people look at fame and they go, "Wow, that's the ultimate being known. That's the ultimate." But in actuality, if you're known by people who love you and you know ultimately unknown by God, that's all the known you need. Mm. Because if 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 we're speaking honestly at this place, with with more fame, with more that you're actually less known than you were when you were anonymous because there's a sense of like the people that I'm friends with. Um, mm. I've been friends with a very, very long time mm. because with fame, you, 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 there's maybe not as much trust and especially people who are like really famous. That's why. And they live in these places that are very isolated. It's like our society looks at that, like, Oh my God, they're so famous. They're so known when in actuality, they're much less known than they were before. Right. And it's, and it's just the opposite. Right. Because people don't know you know you, right? Like you, you choose. I mean, people don't say, hello, Mr. Hale. They say like, hey, brother. Right? Like this is not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this isn't like real. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm very grateful for the position I'm in. Right. Definitely grateful. And there's, there's no complaining. But it's like, I don't, 
I remember before having this thing, just kind of walking in and, you know, like getting to know people and then them getting to know you and da 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 da. And it's like, there's a really organic, if there's an organic connection, great. And you go, I think there's a sense of there's something attached to me now, which is fine. But it's like, you, you it, in your mind, you kind of, you know, you, you have to, you have to find those safe people. You have to, it's maybe a little more challenging to, to meet those people who can really develop those known relationships. Mm. So it's actually what, what our society views as, it's just the opposite from really being known. It's, it's, I mean, especially these people who are like the Brad Angelinas of the world, they're pretty much on compounds, mm. isolated away from the rest of the world. So they're, they're less known than most people in the country. Well, this interview was not at all what I expected in a really refreshing way because I thought we would talk a lot more about kind of the bullet points of his career and things like that. And I I ended up feeling really challenged personally about how I think through my own platform, my own role in the world, because all of us have a role in the world. We all have a sphere of influence. Somebody, our children, our friends, our family members, people are looking at us to, to act, to be activists. It was cool to hear how Tony is processing that, and it was so kind of him to share his story with us and be so vulnerable and be definitely off script, off talking points, and very much in process with us. If you would like to follow along with Tony's career and things that interest him and even thank him for being on The New Activist, his Twitter handle is Mr. Tony Hale. We are also on Twitter and Facebook. Both of those are New Activist Is. We love chatting throughout the week and it is just a really rich part of this show. If you have a moment and wouldn't mind going over to iTunes and rating our show and leaving a nice comment not only is very affirming thank you to those that have done it we've got a lot of new ones lately thank you but also it helps other people find the show and i think the conversations are important enough to have people find it so thanks for doing that the music for this show was composed by the brilliance you can find out about their music where they're touring all of that good stuff at thebrilliancemusic.com A quick reminder before we go that if you have a few extra seconds, and I hope you do, please go to newactivist.is forward slash IJM, newactivistisijm, and fill out that form and contact your elected officials. That is super helpful. Thank you. And with that, we go back into the world. On behalf of Tony Hale, the Relevant Podcast Network, as well as my colleagues at International Justice Mission, I am Eddie Koffeltz. Take care, friends. When I look into the face of my enemy, I see my brother. I see my brother. Thank you for listening to the New Activist Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And for more relevant podcast network shows, check out the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com.